born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. But anyway, it says here in verse 26, And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open. Suddenly an earthquake. Do you think God in heaven knew where his children were? That they were in that prison? And the same they were put in the inner place and, they, and God couldn't see them because they were hid. God didn't know where they were. And they were put in stocks, and, but God didn't see that. But God can shake this whole earth to accomplish his will. And so they were free. They could just walk right out of there. So he says it opened immediately, and everyone's bands were loose. So all the prisoners that were in there, there's loose too. How does the earthquake shake all of their chains off? I don't know. And verse 27, and the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his what? Was he supposed to be sleeping if he was on guard? I don't know. I mean, the hierarchy may not have liked that. But he says, and he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had fled. Because if they got away, well, then they'll kill him. So I might as well just go ahead and kill myself. But Paul cried with a loud voice, do you need help? (laughs) No, he didn't say that. He says, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. We're all here. They could have all got away, but they didn't. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? How did he know he needed to be saved or they had any knowledge about that? He didn't ask maybe the other prisoners, but why did he ask them that? Well, because remember, it was at midnight and they were singing and the prisoners heard them. Maybe the jailer heard them also. And so God sends people into the strangest places. Did you know that the Lord may wind up letting you go to a hospital just so you get a chance to talk to somebody or leave a track? And whenever I had that little experience a couple of weeks ago, Betty says, I don't know why you're here, but it, give me some tracks. And so we had a bunch of tracks. She says, let's just get it over with as soon as possible because you're not going to get out of here until we give the right one and reach the right one. So from the emergency room all the way up into the, I got in the bed, the nurses that came in, they were giving tracts to everybody. And I had about five or six that trusted the Lord. And it was so interesting. It really was. Some of them are great stories. I wish I could recall all of them or had them videotaped because it was such a, you know, wonderful experience. And uh, when it was all over with, they said, 
We can't find anything wrong. There's nothing up there. There's nothing wrong. Now, I know there was something up there. But is it possible that God had a higher purpose? It's possible. Remember, Paul said this in the book of Philippians. He says, the things that have happened unto me have happened unto the furtherance of the gospel. So wherever he went because of whatever happened, he was getting the gospel further to other people. So instead of just always complaining about what's going on, just saying, now, you know, the Lord may have a purpose. The Lord may have a reason. But whatever it is, if you just be the way you really are naturally, then you don't have to worry about it. You just do what you naturally do. What? Well, give the gospel. Pass out track. Uh, you should always carry tracks with you. And every place you go, you can be able to do that. I um, got this one boy that um, I've been talking to down at McDonald's. And uh, so sometimes I'll, I'll be in there at 6.30 in the morning and I'll uh, get a hot cup of coffee. And he see me coming. He'll go ahead and get the coffee ready for me and have it. <laughs> and he says, now let me see how you do that. You want a hot cup. Uh, tell me again how you do it. I says, I want a hot cup of black American senior citizen discount fresh coffee. <laughs> he says, do that again. I said, now and then I'll tell him. I says, I want a hot cup of black American senior citizen discount fresh coffee. Okay, here's your coffee. And I, 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 he, he's getting better. He's, one day he's going to be able to say it all back to me. And I've lost some people's minds on the way up here to Georgia. And uh, there's this color lady. She was behind the, the counter. And it was at McDonald's. I just want to get a cup of coffee and go. And so there was a, a couple of lines. And so finally I got up to mine. And she says, how can I help you? I said, I want a hot cup of black American senior citizen discount fresh coffee. What? I said, black coffee. Oh, but of course, somebody else is standing there and said, what did you say? And I tell him, but when I got ready to leave, I gave her a heaven try. They accept it so much easier when you laugh about something. You don't give something to laugh about. But we had some people that trust the Lord. But I, um, I got ready to leave and I said, do you speak Spanish? He said, yes, I do. I said, you know what? I just happen to have a Spanish track here. These are the ones we have in the Spanish track. So I carry some of these too. Biddy got me doing this. So I said, I want you to read this. Now, I can't read a word of this. I haven't got a clue. I have a clue because I can tell what it's supposed to be. But I said, but I can't read it. I said, the only thing I can read on here is my name. She said, my name's right there. And I'll ask them sometime. I said, um, you ever heard of Yankee Doodle? I said, yeah. I said, that was my dad. <laughs> and they usually laugh. <laughs> you got to have something. And I like the one that's got my little picture on it. Because I said, see, this is when I was 17 and had hair. And they said, well, it looks just like you. So I need to make that picture a little bit better. It's, um, but anyway, but just learn to have some ammunition with you and, and drop it. Because sometimes you don't have time to talk to people about it, you know. And sometimes you do. I gave a, um, a lady, me and Betty was, forgot where we were. And I uh, didn't have a lot of time. I said, you Spanish? She said, yeah. And I said, uh, let me give this to you. And so she stood over there and she started reading it. And me and Betty was doing something else. And I looked over there and she's, she's still reading that track. And so I said, I need to go back and talk to her. So I went back there, and I says, she could speak enough English. So I just said, look, let me tell you what it says. And I explained the gospel to her. She trusts the Lord. It was just so, so, so easy. Because a lot of people, they want to know. They just haven't come across somebody that can tell them or that will tell them. And uh, I was talking to the college kid. They said the other night they went out, and they had about 30-something that trusted the Lord. Now, if they didn't go, would those people have been saved anyway? No. People say, well, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't have. Because if they hadn't gone, they wouldn't have heard it. They wouldn't be there. And there's not, 
everybody's going to come and do the same thing. Well, if they didn't do it, somebody else will. No, they wouldn't have. So that's how you excuse yourself. And sometimes you just need to go ahead and do it. But anyway, here's Paul, and he's no doubt given the gospel while he's in prison. Because how does a man know that he needs to be saved? Who told him that? And so it says there in verse 30, this is one awesome question. If there's ever an answer, it ought to be here. And he says, what must I do to be saved? So if you do have to do anything to be saved, this is the now, now the time to answer the question. So he says in verse 30, and they said, keep the Ten Commandments, go to Calvary Community Church, 50% because of inflation, and do your best. No, this, Paul really missed it here. So he should have told them, you've got to turn from all of your sins and make Christ the Lord and the master of your life. Because if you do have to do that, then why, pray tell, didn't Paul tell them that? Because if you have to do more than what he told them, then he didn't tell them the truth. He didn't really tell them how to be saved. And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And then he says, and thy house. If your house believe, they can be saved. Betty's mother was listening to this uh, preacher from up in Atlanta on the radio. And she wanted to... um, go to this meeting, he was going to have a revival meeting there in Athens, Georgia. But he was on radio, and so she heard about it, so she wanted to go to the meeting. He was going to have, having a big revival. So she went to the meeting. And she heard this verse for the first time. So she trusted Christ as Savior, and she just assumed now her whole household is saved because she got saved. This is a guarantee her whole household. So, so Betty and, you know, her son and and a husband, uh, everybody's saved now. The whole household is saved. Well, you, they're saved if they hear the gospel and they'll believe it too. But anyway, Raymond Jackson, her husband, he decided to go down to the meeting. He goes down there and it went late. But he trusted Christ as Savior. So as he was leaving, he said it was almost midnight. He was walking up Oconee Hill there in Athens, Georgia. And he made the statement, he says, the grass is so green. The sky is so blue. He says, and the night was brighter than I've ever seen. (laughs) And he told me this. I mean, this is 60, uh, almost 60 years ago, 57 years ago when he led me to the Lord. And so he had explained that. So me and Betty went the other day up there to uh, Ocala. And they had a couple preachers up there. And so this one preacher got up there and he was giving his testimony on on a screen, this one guy. He was showing a couple testimonies from the people that was at his church and he gave the testimony he said I'll never forget and he was in about 1975 to 80 something like that he trusted the Lord and he says I'll never forget the sky was so blue and the grass was so green and I'm sitting there beside Ben and says he copied that from me <laughs> he got that from your dad and uh, but he trusted the Lord about 15 years after we did and here he is saying exactly the same, word for word. And I could not believe it. And I says, honey, he's saying the same, exact same thing. But then, have you ever heard people say, when I trusted Christ as my Savior, it was like uh, a lifting a, a weight off of my shoulders. Well, I've heard a lot of people give that same testimony. that's never heard the other person to say it. Because some people experience some of the same things. And um, it just, some people, it just really makes a difference.
And so, what must I do to be saved? Just tell them what God said. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he has to explain what he means. And he did explain it because the guy got baptized. Now, you can't get baptized without understanding the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Because that's what baptism is. Baptism is you being planted, dying, and living again. Salvation is you doing just that. I believe that Christ died on the cross, was buried, and rose again. So when I believe he did that for me, then water baptism is a public testimony that I believe this is what he did for me. And so it's a proclamation. You don't do it to be saved, and Paul did not tell him he had to do that to be saved. He says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And look what he says. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that was in the house. So verse 32 explains, and thou shalt be saved, and thine house. So they had to speak the word to all that were in the house. So when he told them, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved, and thine house. So guess where he took them? He took them to his house. And they got to hear the gospel, and so they believed on it. So then in verse 33, and he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, and was baptized, he and all his straightway, or immediately. And verse 34, and when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. They believed too. So some of the ones that should mean the most to you that you want to get saved is right after you trust the Lord, those in your own house. After I trust the Christ as my Savior, man, I wanted my mom and my brother and my sisters and my stepdad and my relatives. I wanted them to have eternal life and to go to heaven. As far as I know, I was the first one of all of our relatives to ever hear this thing about being saved. Nobody's ever mentioned it. I never heard it from anybody. And so by the Lord reaching me, then we reached a lot more. And now there's a lot of people that, man, I wish I could get everybody to come to the same church. But I've, I have helped by the Lord's grace. But a lot of people in a lot of other churches. When I was in Colorado, we had thousands that came out and trusted Christ as Savior. I mean thousands. And, uh, but they all went different places. They didn't all go to the same place. God has a lot of nurseries around. And they'll go to this church, some will go to that church, and so forth. Like that. And I found out, man, I got deacons in different churches that I, I led to the Lord. I got a thing I'm going to be sharing with you tonight about a, a, a preacher that I had uh, influenced in his life. And he trusted Christ as Savior. But I'm going to share that tonight. But it's good. It's going to be good. So when the, the Bible says here that he baptized them, there are some people, it's called hyper-dispensationalists, that don't believe that the church started on the day of Pentecost. They believe that it started with the Apostle Paul later. And so therefore, uh, the command to go nowhere and preach the gospel, the Great Commission, is not given to Paul. So therefore, there's people who don't believe that the Great Commission applies to them. And that you don't have to be baptized, or you shouldn't be baptized. Now, you don't have to be baptized to be saved, but it is God's will that we be baptized. If Paul did not baptize, there was only Paul and Silas here. And if Paul didn't do it, Silas did. But did they get baptized? It says they were baptized. And the only ones there was Paul and Silas. Now, one of them had to do it. And if it was wrong... Then why did they do it? You'll find out in chapter 9. Paul was baptized. Well, why was he baptized? If you don't have to be baptized or shouldn't be baptized. But because that is 
a step of obedience. Because if, if you will do that, it should be that you'll do anything else he asks you to do. And so I am realizing that when Christ died, I died. And I came back, I'm alive again. And so therefore, because I am alive, I'm alive unto God. I am now to live the rest of my life for the Lord. I may not, but I should. And God tells us this in his word. So we ought to and we should. Now take your Bible and turn all the way over there to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians in chapter 1. And notice what it says here in verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 10. The Corinthian Christians were very rebellious to the things of God. They still came together as a church, but they were not a, a holy church. They were very ungodly. And so they had a lot of problems among each other, a lot of divisions. And you'll notice what he says in verse 10. Now I beseech you, brethren. So we know we're talking to the believers. By the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. Now the only way you can all speak the same thing is you believe the same thing. So God wants all of his children to believe the same thing. Uh, look what he says here in chapter 1. And notice what he says in verse 2. Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth. The church at Corinth. The Corinthian church. To them that are sanctified, they have been made pure and holy. Now you can't have no sanctification without justification. So they've had to be saved first. So when you're saved, you're sanctified. Set apart, made pure and holy by what Christ did. Now notice the next part. He says, called to be saints. With all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. So every believer, regardless of who you are, wherever you are, you are a saint in the Lord. And because of that, God wants there to be peace and so forth among us. Now look what he says in verse 7. So that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, y'all have really been blessed with various gifts. And because of that, you are responsible. And as you go through the book of Corinthians, especially when you get the time you get to chapter 12, it talks about all the gifts of the spirits and what we're given. In chapter 13 and 14, explaining all of that. And yet, they were so ungodly. So go back here to verse 10. He says in verse 10, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment, so that you think the same way. You see, if the church thinks the same way, you don't have the splits. Have you um, heard anything about uh, differences of opinion in the Republican uh, House of Representatives? It only took uh, about 30 people to ruin it for the whole America. What? Somewhat because... If you're hard enough and you hang together, you're like a, a stick in a wheel. It keeps the wheel from rolling. And yet so much could have been accomplished. But it might still be. But it just shows you that not everybody's on the same page. I think maybe they ought to just put those 30 since they stopped everybody up. Okay, let's let it be your way. You think all the other ones, the other hundred and something, 
are going to be satisfied with whatever you want. So because they don't agree, nobody gets anything. Isn't that a shame? And yet it can affect the whole world, I mean the whole nation. Now get what else he says here. He says in verse 11, For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. So not everybody's on the same page. Not everybody's happy. There is contention going on. Disagreements going on. And then verse 12, This I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I am Apollos, and I am Cephas, and I am of Christ. In other words, they're picking different leaders and saying, well, I follow this guy. Well, no, no, I, I follow him. Well, I agree with blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm me, I agree with him. And nobody can get anything done. Now, is that the will of God? <laughs> no. But what Paul is talking about is not so much that it's these people that he just mentioned, but it's an example. Look there in chapter 4. In chapter 4. And notice what he says there in verse 6 of chapter 4. And these things, brethren, I have in a figure or an example transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sake that you might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written. That no one of you be puffed up for one against another. So he's using them themselves but it says it's uh, an example. These may not be the people that they were talking about, but there's people in the church that they are following. And so everybody's picking and choosing and destroying. So then go back there to 1 Corinthians in chapter 1. And so he says here in uh, verse 13, Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? Of course, the answer is no, no. And then he says, I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius. Now, some people take that as he is against being baptized. No, he says, I thank God that I baptized none of you. But in verse 15, lest any should say that I baptized in my own name. That's the reason. Lest somebody think that they're of a higher quality because I was baptized by Paul. Oh, you were baptized by Hank Lindstrom? Well, I was baptized by Yankee. Well, I was baptized by Ray Stanford. Oh, that means more. Forget all that stuff. That's junk. So he says, I'm thankful that I didn't baptize any of you. Lest somebody think that I baptized my own name. And so, therefore, you understand a little bit more. Paul was not against being baptized in water. He wanted you to make sure you didn't exalt one person above another by who baptized you. Well, was it legitimate? Well, based on how long they hold you under. <laughs> if you're really bad, you hold them down a lot longer. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents all of our sins. We all have sin on us. God loves us, but he hates our sin. Now, for us to pay for sin is eternal separation from God in hell. But God loves us. God doesn't want us to go to hell. He wants us to go to heaven. But to go to heaven, we have to be perfect, as righteous as God. Nobody's perfect. We've all sinned. We've all come short of God's perfection. So because of sin, we, we can't get in. So the Bible says we cannot save ourselves. So we can't do anything to get to heaven because 
we're already condemned, found guilty. We got a debt to pay. So we can't go to heaven. It's impossible. Nothing we do can get us to heaven because we have a debt to pay, and that's eternal separation from God. We're all in the same boat. So unless God does something, there's nothing we can do. So Jesus Christ, this hand represented Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, came into the world because He loves us. He displayed His love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Not when you were a saint, He did it while you were yet a sinner. So Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. So He took all the sin of all the world, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead. He said that if you and I would believe that He did that for us, He would put that payment to your account, and we would go to heaven on what He did. Fifty-five years ago, I heard this message for the first time. I was 18 years old. So I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I heard that I could not save myself. I thought I was pretty good. And I had to repent, change my mind. I cannot save myself. So I had to change my mind and trust Christ as my Savior. I repented. You see, if you are an unbeliever and you believe, you had to change your mind. True? So I can lead a lot of people to the Lord without ever telling them to repent. But I can tell a person who's lost, you need to change your mind. You need to believe on Jesus Christ. You don't believe it now. Will you believe it? And when you believe that, He gives you as a free gift everlasting life. You go to heaven on what Christ did for you. So change your mind and believe it. That is what God wants you to do as a result of your changing your mind. So if you're here today and you think that your good life is going to get you to heaven, change your mind. If you think giving money, singing in the choir, being a deacon, an usher, whatever... I love my husband and my wife and kids. Well, that's wonderful, but that doesn't save you. You need a Savior, and Jesus Christ is the only Savior there is. See, we can't save ourselves. Impossible. That's why you don't have to turn from your sin. He paid for it. What He wants you and I to do is believe He did it for us. That made sense to me. So I trusted Christ as my Savior years ago, and that's how I know that I'm going to heaven whenever I die. Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around. If you've never done so, today would be a perfect day. This would be a good moment for you to truly trust Jesus Christ and Him alone as your only hope of going to heaven. I'm going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand. Raising your hand doesn't save you. I'm not going to have you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. But right where you're sitting, if what I said made sense to you, say, Preacher, that made sense to me, and I want to be certain I'm going to heaven. And right now, I do change my mind. I'm going to trust Christ and Him alone as my only hope of going to heaven, and I'd like for you to pray for me. Friend, would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to have you stand up and come forward. But right where you are, did it make sense? Will you trust Christ as your Savior? Anyone at all? If you're watching by internet, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, right there on the screen, you can click it on and let us know that someone trusted Christ as their Savior. Our Father, we thank you so much for all you've done for us, for giving us a free gift of everlasting life. And Father, we also pray that each person here that knows your Savior, 
would realize if there's things in their life that they're doing that's not right, that they would repent. Change your mind. Reconsider. And see that some things need to be corrected. That it could lead to a change of life. Because each one of us should live in such a way that shows how much we love you and what you've done for us. So bless each one. We ask you to bless our time together. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Have you ever heard that faith without works is dead? Or have you ever read James chapter 2? Does your faith produce good works? Some teach that if you don't serve the Lord, you're not saved. Is that true or false? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed. Caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.